0: Good morning, I, I agree with Pastor Mike that uh, the presence of the Lord is here, <clears throat> and I'm glad because of what I have to share with you. Thank you guys for leading us in worship, peace where there's brokenness that really ministered to me this morning. And it deals somewhat with what we're going to be dealing with today. I don't know if you have a a program uh, or a list, but I've been asked to teach today and speak on the area of the man and his integrity. This morning, in prayer, Holy Spirit brought back the old hymn.
1: What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing. But the blood of Jesus, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow, no other I know nothing but the blood of
0: Jesus. That second stanza, what can make me whole again? That's integrity. Father, we just ask Your... Continuing presence over these next few moments, there's a stirring and a shaking inside of my spirit man that says that you have positioned us yet again this morning for a deep work of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you today, Holy Spirit, that you will work in our spirit man Therefore, impacting our soul and our body. And we thank you for that. We pray now that the word, the power of the word, its intended purpose, will open us up and do surgery in us where surgery needs to be done. We ask you this morning to break us in the right places. Father, we're not interested in busting men this morning. We're not interested in pulling scabs off. But what we are asking this morning, Holy Spirit, would you break us in the right places that we may be whole? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. July of 1999, I was in Canada. My father was with me, one of the men from our church, and another gentleman who had just started coming to our church. The gentleman that just started coming had, several weeks before that, had been gloriously saved in one of our services. We went up to Canada. We were going up there to go fishing, and we did. We got dropped off in the very northern part of Saskatchewan and and fished all week. But before that, we were in Winnipeg, Manitoba. We were there for the Pan American Games. And uh, we had gotten tickets early, and we were going to this event. We were going to the opening uh, ceremony. We got to where the stadium was and finding a place to park. Was nearly impossible. We drove around, we found a restaurant, and there was parking there, but it was parking for those who were eating there. The signs were up. I drove by an attendant, I rolled my window down. I was driving, and he said, um, You're going to eat here after the ceremonies are over aren't you? I said, I don't know. He said, no, you didn't hear me. You're going to eat here after the ceremonies are over, aren't you? Sir, I cannot tell you that we will. Third time he said, no, I don't think you understand me. He said, you've got to eat someplace when the ceremonies are over. And he said, you're going to eat here, aren't you? And I said, I cannot tell you that we're going to eat here. Little did I realize that this man who had just gotten saved was hearing every word because he wanted to know, what does a man of God do? That man eventually became my brother-in-law. But I want to tell you, Pastor Mike, why in the world you asked me to speak on this? The Holy Spirit has been working on me. Because I'm just like you. We are here together. If I make any comment that uses the pronoun you, please understand it's coming back to me. There are times that I have failed in integrity. and There are times that I have passed the test in integrity. Integrity is the only thing that you have, my friend, after you die. It is your character. It is my character. I have nothing else that will be left on this earth. That day, thanks God that I passed the test. And it impacted, and this man to this day will come to me sometimes, and he'll bring that up about what happened. May we all understand this morning that people are watching us. We have made a proclamation that we are kids of the King. And they want to know, how does a kid of the king operate? I want you to turn to some passages with me this morning. I believe that they're going to have them up on the screen. I asked them probably about 9.45 this morning uh, if they could do that. And if they have done it, blessings heaped upon them today. I also want to thank uh, Pastor Mike for hosting this and the men of his church. Amen. I appreciate the heart, the, 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 the passion uh, of, of what we are experiencing. And I want to thank um, uh, the men, uh, Pastor Mike and Pastor Kyle, for plowing ground last night and uh, fruit coming forth last night. Thank you so much. Let's go to... Um, There's going to be several scriptures I will be teaching this morning. I'm going to be very deliberate in what we're doing. I would encourage you to get have your Bible out. I would encourage you to have a pen, a piece of paper. If you don't have a pen and a piece of paper, steal it from the guy next to you. And then we'll have an altar call later. Uh, but, but if you can at all possible, have a pen and a paper, or if you're recording. But somehow, because I sense that the Holy Spirit, He'll not speak to you in every point this morning. But there is a place that He is going to speak into each of our hearts this morning. And then we will have to respond to what the Holy Spirit says to us. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Watch over your heart. With all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. Can we read that together? Watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. Psalms 139. Verse 23 and 24. Probably one of the most known verses. And prayers in the word of God. It is the heart cry of a man who has struggled at times with his integrity. And he shows us how do I deal with this area of my life. Let us see what David said. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the ways everlasting. What David was asking God Almighty was this, God, I give you permission to walk the corridors of my heart. God, today, this morning, we give you permission. Walk the corridors of our heart. Can we put our hand, what we symbolically see as our heart, and can we just make that a simple prayer this morning? For if He cannot walk the corridors of my heart. I am only playing a game. And there's a time when the end of the game, the fourth quarter has come and the last second has ticked off and the game is over. So let's just ask right now. Holy Spirit, I give you permission this morning in my life right now to walk the corridors of my heart. God, as we are engaging right now with one another, as we are engaging with you, Holy Spirit, that we allow you to walk the corridors of our hearts. We give you permission. Right now, I give you the key to a door that I've kept locked. It's your key now. It's your room. Walk the corridors of our hearts today. And in that, as we surrender and obey, as the song says, we will walk in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our spiritual... Let me back up. There are times when we have to do an inner man check, and that's what we just started right there. We have to do an inner man check. David said, God, you search me. Because David had found out that he knew how to hide things. God, you search me. Because David had hidden spots in his heart. So that is why this great prayer of passion and brokenness came out. And for us today is the same. Our spiritual senses become numb when we are touched by the physical senses of our lives. There are times that my spiritual senses are not what they need to be. Because me living in this world will numb my spiritual senses. That's why I need the engaging power of the Holy Spirit to speak into my life. To where I don't ask him, this is where I want you to go today. But no, David said, search me, O God walk the corridors of my heart today and there is a the releasing men when we become humble before God when we listen to what he says and when we obey there's only one place where the power of God falls in my life. And it is when I am positioned in obedience to Him. The higher my obedience, the greater His power that falls in my life. And if there's ever been a day, men, that we need... The power of God in our lives. Doing the the supernatural. Walking in His presence every moment of our waking hours. And even as we sleep, it is today. So if there's ever been a need of integrity, thank you, Pastor Mike, for giving us this subject today as we are allowing God to position us for great ministry. So this is key in our hearts. All things, Hebrews 4.3, all things are naked and open to the eyes of him, to whom we must give account. So today as we sit here, all things, all let us say that word, all things, all things are open. All things are open. We are naked before him. How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart. Say that. Whole heart. Whole heart. I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Amen? God, I give you my whole heart. This is integrity. Whole. Let me use an example this morning. My wife sends me to the grocery store. Sam, we need a pound of bologna. Or we need a pound of salami. And I get in front of the deli and I take my number. And when my number is called, I look at the young lady or the man who is there. And I say, I need I need a pound of bologna. I want the ek- ekridge, uh bologna. And she goes to it and she looks in the shelf in front of her. And there's there's not enough. Oh, there might be a small section like this. But she says, let me go get a new tube. That is a whole tube that is back in the refrigerated section. She brings it out. And if you've been to the deli, you know the first thing they do, they do not cut your pound of bologna first. They do what? They cut off the end. They don't sell that. But the very moment the blade hits this whole tube of bologna, it is no longer whole. Its integrity has been violated. And it is no longer considered whole. The bottle of water that I have down there. Oh, I drunk from it. But if you were to get a, a new bottle of water, it is, its integrity has not been broken. The seal is still there. But if you break the seal... And you open that up, and you take a drink of that, that bottle is no longer whole. The integrity of it has been violated. The seal has been broken. And probably as I drink it, and I would say, Mike, would you like a drink of water? He would say, bless you, brother, but no thank you. We're not interested in something where the integrity has been broken. God speak to us right now, where the integrity has been broken. That that tube of baloney, oh, it's just the end of it, but no longer is it whole. Its integrity has been broken. A leader's character, his integrity will never rise beyond the level of his obedience to the Holy Spirit's dealing with his life. I want to say that again to us. A leader's character. How many of us in this room today are leaders? Every hand should be up. You are a leader. You may not lead a congregation, but you lead yourself. You lead your family. You may be the leader of one. But you and I, we cannot lead beyond the level of our integrity in our hearts according to what God is working on inside of us. Let me say it in another way. The fear of God, we would say, I fear God. Do you know how we measure fear? I measure fear by how long it takes me to respond to what He has told me to do. The fear of God in my life is measured by how long it takes me to obey, to do, to respond to what he has told me to do. I don't know how you were growing up, but if mom or dad, they said, we're going out, we'll be back, and this is what I want you to do, I would wait to the last minute before they would come home. I was raised on a farm. And there are sometimes I get in trouble for that. If I knew dad was going to be away, I tried to measure the amount of time it would take me to do what he wanted me to do before he came back to the farm. We were pastoring in Pennsylvania. We had a long driveway and a lot of picture, uh, picture windows. And the kids could be home. And if they were supposed to clean something, straighten up, it was, it was almost Uh, uh, laughable and, and a comedy act. I would drive up the driveway and I would see them scatter trying to get it done before the front door opened. The fear of God in my life is measured by how long it takes me to do what He tells me to do. This is something I believe that we need to keep in our hearts. And when God speaks to us to respond, because there's something beneficial about this thing called fear. Look with me in the Word of God. Psalms 111.10 says, The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. A man walking in his integrity. Fools despise wisdom. Proverbs 1.7 Micah 6.9 It is sound wisdom to fear your name. And then James in one five he tells us that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we begin to see a, a progression here of the integrity of our heart and listening to God and obeying what He says and fulfilling David's cry, Oh God, search my heart. Search my heart and let there be a change in me. I want us to look at the word integrity. We've given a foundation from the word of God. I want us to look at the word integrity for a moment. Integrity is a powerful word. It is loaded with implications of honesty, trustworthiness, dependability, and faithfulness. I want to say those words again because integrity is bound up in here. Honesty, honesty, Trustworthiness, dependability, and faithfulness. We were having our first revive breakfast. It was in Valparaiso, correct? Don't remember, I remember what the church looked like, can't remember, Calumet Avenue? Wherever it was. Oh no, first breakfast when we are our first day out. First day. I'm there, I'm excited. I know this is a thing of God. I'm ready to go. We do work in Honduras with with missionaries, some from the States and some that are native missionaries in Honduras. And a busy time, no excuse. But I have failed to stay in contact with one of the native missionaries who saw me as his spiritual dad. I had no excuse in the world. I'm ready to go out and revive. Breakfast is done. They're asking if you want to be a leader this morning, join us in such and such room. I started going to the room. Let me back up though. After breakfast, one of the men from our church who walks with a prophetic anointing. Pastor, can I talk to you? He's been down there to Honduras with me. And he pulled me to the side. And he said, I was on the phone with Oscar Barrientos. This is a native missionary there. And he said, you've offended him because you have not been in contact with him. Now, I could have brushed that off, Pastor Mike. And I could have kept on going. I told this gentleman who had just spoken into my life. I said, this afternoon when there's a break, I'll contact him. Turned, and I walked to the room. I didn't get out of the gymnasium that morning. And the Holy Spirit, like he grabbed me by my lapels. Where? Where? Do you think you're going? The fear of the Lord is measured by how long it takes me to respond to what He has told me to do. Where do you think you're going? It was like He was saying, You want me to anoint you? You want me to bless you in these? It was almost like He was also saying, I'm not going to allow you taint. What I'm doing here in revive. So I got in my car, I went home, I got his number, I called him up. Praise God, he answered the phone. And we sat there and we talked and we cried and broken and I apologized. And when I left that day, it was the song that we just sang. In my brokenness, there was peace. It's integrity. It's faithfulness. It's keeping my word. Why is that important? Because we serve one who is a promise keeper. Our Father is a promise keeper. Therefore, He wants His sons to be promise keepers so that we can bring forth sons who we are fathering to be promise keepers. This is why integrity is so character-building in the kingdom of God. What does integrity mean? The word integrity comes from the word that we use in math. Integer. That is where we get the word integrity. And that is where we get the word integer. The word integer means whole. One, two, three, etc. Keep on going. An integer is not a fraction. It is a whole. And that is what the word integrity means. If you take a whole number and you take it and divide it into fractions, you, we have violated, and we've said this before, we have violated the integrity of that number. It is no longer what it used to be. You could, We could say, well, we'll take one, and out of that we will make a fraction, but we'll make it a 15th, 16th. It's close. No, it's lost its integrity. It is no longer whole again. What, what are you telling us, Sam? Are you saying that I'm supposed to be perfect? No, the Bible says that I'm going to worship Him and pursue having a whole heart before God Almighty. Take a load of bread. Take the bottle of water. Take the tube of bologna. And we can we can use any example in life that we want. King David prayed in Psalms 86 11, He said, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. God, I want to walk in your way. Teach me your way. I want to walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I'm going to say it again. The measure of the fear of God in my life is measured by how long it takes me to do what he tells me to do. He is speaking to us right now. I have no doubt in this gathering this morning, the Holy Spirit and our dealing with integrity. We already know the Holy Spirit has revealed it. You've already cut off the tip of the baloney. You already broke the cap on the water. But God is here. What can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? There's areas. We go back to what I said earlier. The physical senses will begin to numb the spiritual senses in my life where the Holy Spirit can speak to me and I will ignore what He has spoken into my life. But this morning, He is positioning us for power. Amen? This is why we deal with these areas. I believe this is why Pastor Mike had us address the issue today because we need to be in position for his power to come down in our lives. All of us know of those moments when God speaks to us. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't look at that. Don't say that. We're there. We've been there. We'll be there. Don't do this. Don't look at that. Don't go there. Don't say this. Don't think this. And we then have a choice. The choice is, I'm going to hear what God says. And when God's voice speaks to us and we don't obey, we don't listen to him, what are we doing? We're compromising. We are compromising what God has spoken into our lives. When we give a little when we give a little when the end of the baloney tube has been cut when we give a little we're not whole anymore. God help me God help me this morning Pastor I have cried over this and it's not been for these men It's been for me. When I give a little. When I give a little. I'm not a whole. Anymore. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We're like David. When he stepped out on his balcony. And he saw Bathsheba. The Bible says when evening You see, when we study the life of David, we find that that was was not what David normally did in the evening. But that evening, he went out on his porch. Normally, Psalm 55, 16 and 17 says, in the evening is when he called upon God. Psalms 141 2 says, In the evening, he lifted his hands up as an evening offering before God. But now he had compromised. He wasn't where the king should be at this season of the year. He was supposed to be in battle. Joab was fully in his armor. He was a soldier. He was on the battlefield. But where is King David? He's not where he should be. He had compromised. His integrity had been violated. And when his integrity was violated, we know what happened. And it changed his life forever. In the leisure moment of the lack of integrity of our heart, of his heart, David stepped into a moment that would change his life. Integrity in my life. It's that tube of bologna. Just a little piece has been sliced off. But it's not a hole anymore. Create within me a clean heart, O God. And restore a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. That's what God does in our lives when we cry out to him. We jump over. In the Old Testament, on the breastplate of the high priest, Was the Urim and the Thummim. What do we know about these pieces that were placed over the heart of the high priest? For we know today that we are a priesthood of believers. We are a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a peculiar people. But as we go back into the Old Covenant, the Urim, and the Thummim. What did they mean in the life of the high priest? The word Urim meant lights. It meant lights. David Jeremiah in his study Bible, he talks about the Urim and the Thummim. And he says that as the high priest would go before God, that as he wore the breastplate and the articles That were there. That this is where and when and how he would hear the voice of God. It is in my integrity that I hear the voice of God. Jeremiah, David Jeremiah says also, he said, when the the lights, the Urim, the lights and the completeness, the Thummim meant completeness, our integrity. Over our hearts. And he said, He said, in, 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 their, in their walk, he said that the when when the word came forth and it was from God, it was it was a rhema word, he said there would be the brightness that would glow from the Urim that would hang over the heart of the high priest. And as I began to study that, I said, Oh God, when I walk in integrity. There is a light that shines forth to other men. There is a brightness that comes forth. They can believe me. They can say, that's somebody that I want to be like. I know where they're going. I know how they live. And because of that, wherever they're going, whatever they're doing, whatever they have, that's what I want. And is that what God has called us to do and God has called us to be? He has called us to be light in the world. And so the completeness of this, these articles over the high priest, the, the light of Christ, the light of the world that we are to be, and the integrity of our hearts are such that it is a bright light that shines forth for a world to see. We have been called as priests under the leadership of the high priest. Jesus Christ. He has given us the breastplate of righteousness, a heart covering that will signal right and wrong. The breastplate of righteousness. And we are we are commanded, we are ordered from Paul the Apostle, put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness in my life is the signal for me of right and wrong. Cutting off a little piece to violate the wholeness. A signal of right and wrong in my life. What is interesting to me, and we're going to come to a close. The New Testament as I was looking at this the new testament equivalent of the thumen which means complete is the greek word the aramaic word in the new testament and it is the word peace oh it's not an accident that these men men sang that song this morning in my brokenness and me wanting you god to challenge me in my integrity there is peace completeness in the old covenant but he said no when you walk in that integrity in the new covenant he said you walk a life of peace are any of you there with me this morning i tell you what when i was a kid and i did something that was wrong i'm embarrassed to tell you but thank god it's under the blood about when i was a kid there things i remember stealing a rabbit are you talking about somebody stupid who wants to get in trouble for stealing a rabbit? I stole it from one of the farmer's barns that was three fields over from us and walked across the barn. The only bad thing is the farmer's wife saw a couple of us kids leaving the, their barn with these rabbits. And guess what? Even at, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old, I was scared to death there was no peace in my heart there are times when we have we have taken a fraction off of the integrity of our life and we are we are in turmoil we there's peace is not there but the new testament lets us know where there is integrity in my heart the bible says that peace Will be there in my life. Can you say Amen to that? Let's let's end by saying the bless the blessings. We've talked about the challenge of integrity. We've talked about what integrity is. But I want us to end by looking at the blessings of integrity in a man's life. Proverbs twenty verse seven, and I think. Pastor Mike dealing with fathers last night, Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, A righteous man who walks in integrity, blessed are his sons after him. Oh, a righteous man who walks in integrity, blessed are his sons after him. And that is not, is that not what we are here for today? to position ourselves to be spiritual fathers who will produce spiritual sons, who will pro- who will become fathers who will produce spiritual sons. My wife and I are at the place now in our lives where we have raised our children, four sons, one daughter. And we have raised them perfect, oh, absolutely not. Where we passed in Pennsylvania is where we raised them for the uh, those prominent years in their teen as teenagers. And upstairs, there was on the landing. That's where I would sit with them after I had rebuked or corrected them too harshly, and the Holy Spirit would say, "I don't treat you like that." And then I'd get that son or my daughter, and we'd go up there on the landing of the upstairs um, upstairs deck. And we would sit there and we would talk and we would, we would cry together and then we would pray. Guess where the most worn out patch of carpet was? In that house, it was right there. It was right there. But in raising our sons and our daughter, we have raised them to be mighty men and mighty women of God. But now they're at the age where they are now producing sons. And they are producing daughters. And we are blessed now with 14 grandchildren. And we see our children now fathers and mothers. And raising their children. And raising them up in the fear and the admonition of God. What is one of the great benefits of being a man of integrity? Is that our children. We will raise up blessed sons. In the faith. It's not just in the spirit, or excuse me, that's not in the flesh that we are raising up sons and daughters to give us sons and daughters who will give us sons and daughters. No, the integrity here that God says, I'll bless you and you spiritually will raise up sons. But it's a blessing of what? Integrity. It is a blessing of integrity. Let me say this: God is a God who heals. There have been times with our children where 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 the the, the physical, the the earthly, the carnal struggles have come, and we have had to see God bring healing into our relationships. Well, we sit here this morning, and the Holy Ghost is speaking to us, and He says, y- "You sliced off the end of the tube of bologna." And then you try to package it as being whole. But why does He do that? Because He's got healing for us. He has wholeness. He said, I want you to be whole. What can make me whole again? (laughs) The blood of Jesus. (sighs) Benefit of Live in a life of integrity. Other people like to be around you because they know who you are and they know where you're going. A man of integrity will attract men who are hungry to live that type of life. Another benefit is you stand on solid ground. It's the end of the Sermon on the Mount storms of life come, but the house on solid ground stood. We stand on solid ground as men of integrity. Our greatest legacy is our integrity because it will last from generation to generation. Being a man of integrity protects and shoots forth what will be said about us from generation to generation. Your money will be divided up, your job will be given to someone else, your trophies will be put in the trash, but my integrity, your integrity, will be translated into the lives of the people around you and then into the next generation. Bow your head with me. Oh, oh, Holy Spirit, I come to you like David. Search me, O oh God. We've asked you today, we've given you permission. Walk the corridors of my heart this morning. Men, level ground here today. and There is the Holy Spirit who has spoken to us very clearly. He has not spoken to us as a group, oh no. He has spoken to you individually. He has spoken to me individually. And the beauty of our relationship with Him is that He is intimate with us individually. As they put some music on, if they can, there at the sound booth this morning. Pastor, is it all right to spend some moments in prayer? Oh, God. (laughs) I want. I want to bring forth sons. I want to bring forth sons. God, not because of me, but because of you in my life. Let there be men. Let there be young men who see my life and say, I want to be around Him. I don't know what there is in Him. But I need it in my life. God, Give me a whole tube of bologna today. Give me an unopened bottle of water. Give me a loaf of bread that has not been cut yet. Let it represent and symbolize who I am in you. Because David declared, I give you my whole heart. And Micah declared, that's all you want is my whole heart heart you want integrity you want integrity gentlemen let's find a place to pray and then when pastor mike hendon is ready him just might just take just step back up here but gentlemen for going to impact this world we've got to be different We've got to be different. We've got to be men of integrity. So let's come. Let's, let's stand. Let's rise someplace in this sanctuary right now. Make an altar here. Make an altar someplace. Kneel, stand, get on your face. But let's be men right now who say, God, search my heart. Create in me a new heart today. Let's find our place to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, there comes there comes that time as we have cried out to God that we then after realizing God has heard my prayer. What has made me whole again? the blood of Christ, the work of redemption. Then there comes a shout and a praise in our hearts today. And so I want you now to just begin to thank God Thank God for His Word today that has cleansed us, His Word that has brought Rhema in our lives this morning. That has spoken to us that God has treated us as men and He has just spoken right into our faces this morning. We thank You and we praise You for that today. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's begin to praise Him the only, like men know how to praise Him this morning. Hallelujah. Let's give a, let's give a roar. Let's give a praise, a oh, soldier. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God, we are, we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are called out of you today. Hallelujah. 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 Just go ahead and scam with me for a moment this morning. Might make it a little easier for what we need to do now. There have been times in my life. There are areas in a man's life that I am convinced that you Cannot get victory over by being a lone ranger. It can't happen. There are times that we need men to lay hands upon us. There are times that we need to come into agreement with one another. You are here today. And there's an area in your life that you, you come back. And you come back and you come back. But it just seems like you keep cutting the end of that baloney off. And the integrity is violated. And then you go before God. But this morning I believe that God just might have a delivery and a freedom for somebody in this room this morning. And I ask Pastor Mike permission to do this now. If you're here today and you say, I need men... To pray with me this morning. We're not asking you to expose. We're not asking for you to be embarrassed. No, we just come as men. There was a time in my life. I was so Hungry for God. It was before we came here. In the summer of 1997. Pastor Mike. We were in a convention. A camp meeting. And I told my wife. I said don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. I don't care what the night speaker. Gives an altar call for. I'm going to the altar. I said if he gives an altar call. For 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 homosexuals. I'm going to the altar. If he gives an altar call for. drunks and drug addicts. I'm going to the altar. It wasn't about that. It was about God and I. And I was hungry for him. I wasn't worried one bit about what other preachers or anybody else. Or even members of my church. When they saw a pastor go down. When he gave the altar call for alcoholics. I was hungry for God. There are times in our life. We throw everything to the side. Because God has spoken to us. And we fear God, so we don't wait. We respond to Him right then. We respond to Him. If you're here today, and you just say, Can can, can some of the guys lay hands on me? Can some of the guys just pray for me this morning? Because that's really what I came here for. For there to be a change in my life. For me to be challenged up in my walk in Christ. If you're here, I want you to step down, because we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you right now. Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Guys, Just you just reach up to Him now. It's you and God right now. We're going to pray with you. But there's an engagement that's happening with the Holy Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now, guys, I need some of you. I want some of you to come down and begin to pray with them now. I want there to be an impartation. We believe in laying on of hands. Don't understand it. I don't understand it, but I know it's the Word of God. They laid a hands on them, and they were filled with the power of God in the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on down, some of you men who are filled with the Holy Spirit and you know how to pray with people i need you down here these men more than me these men need you down here hallelujah hallelujah praise the lord so i asked
2: i asked them i said what well, what do you think man's biggest struggle is as a man so here it is i i think one of
3: the biggest struggles of of a man is most men suffer from low self-esteem. That's why uh, men are always searching. God put us in in us to search and look. And, And if you don't have if a man doesn't have a strong man in his life or if a man has the wrong man in his life. He'll gravitate toward whatever one is dominant or pertinent in his life. Um, uh, I grew up without a father. I remember my father. My father died when I was real young, but I I can remember him. And one thing I remember about my father was every time he came in from work, he brought my sister and I something. I mean, whether it was jelly beans or toy or, and he died when I was real young, but I remember that and that made an impact in my life. So I have sons and uh, I, I always try to spend time with them and share with them and let them know that that I love them, and and my sons are grown now. They're scattered all over everywhere, but we don't see each other all the time, but we talk. But getting back to the low self-esteem, see, it's the devil's job to keep us from walking in the, the anointing that God has for us. And until we understand that, see, see we know Adam got kicked out the garden. But Adam lost more than just the garden. Adam lost his identity. And ever since then, men have been battling with identity. And and what happens is, just like I was telling telling the guys, the society or the world, we we bind to the world system and the world system tell you'll never measure up. And the reason why the world system is flawed is because it's always changing. First they tell you, oh, you need a high school diploma. Then you get a high school, oh, now you need college. Then you get a college degree, oh, now you need a master's. Oh, now you need a, the world system is always changing. And if a man doesn't understand who he is, he'll fall into the trap of trying to measure up to the world system. Women's conferences, I, I look when my wife go to them, if they let me, I'll sneak in there too. Because women are free. One thing I you know I I didn't understand it for a long time, but you know, when women go through stuff, they'll pick up the phone and say, Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> See, that's that freedom. See, I can't a man say. Hey, look, bro, let me tell you back, man, you know, because we've been taught to be uh, handling myself. And, and and that's some of the problem. You know, we need brothers that we can rely on. And, and and I got a friend that he's a pastor. He'll just call me and say. Pastor Ed, I need you to pray for me. I don't need to know what for. But the fact of the matter is he called me and I pray for him and what I pray I don't even know what's going on while I say, father whatever it is you're more than well able you, you see what I'm saying and men don't have that women do that's why they get free. men have to be we have to be broken. And there's a fear in being broken, because when you're broken, you have to take off the mask, and you have to be seen for who you really are. I, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of my testimony later. I'm not going to do it now, and you 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 understand what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah,
4: you know, I'm just going to touch on that as well because uh, we just had a little. Two-minute conversation up here. Pastor Mike asked us that. And in, insecurity is really where it's at. Men are more insecure than women. We don't act like it. We don't show it. But we are. And, you know, when, I, when you start thinking about that, you start wondering, why, why is it? Why are women so secure? Well, I, there's a lot of different factors involved there. But really, when the, the one thing that God kind of showed me just here a few moments ago is women are more secure because... They understand where their covering is, you know whether they 're married or whether they have a dad they 've got that covering to where they can they can lock arms with their husband or with their dad or somebody in in their lives, and they get that security they get that security from them, but men we, we tend to be more insecure because we 're not really locked in with the Lord like we need to be. We're not sure about that covering. Is God going to provide? Is he going to be there for me? Is Is he going to hold me up when I feel like I'm going to fall? It's time for men to rise up and lock in with the Lord. We We can't fly solo anymore. I like that. Somebody's been talking about that. We just can't continue to fly the way we've been flying. We can't continue to go the way we've been going. We've got to lock in with the Lord. And to do that means, just like Pastor Red was saying, we've got to lock in with our brothers in Christ and realize we've got each other's back. And and if that means we've got to be able to bear our heart to someone, then we need to do that. But our covering is, is the Lord. Our security comes from Him. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? My confidence is in Christ. And in him alone, I I don't need anything else. All I need to know is that my confidence lies in Christ. So, man, if I can encourage you to do one thing, pour yourself into his presence. Pour yourself into prayer. Pour yourself into knowing not only who Christ is, but who you are in Christ. And, And you know what that feeling of insecurity that we hide deep down? And I say we because we all do it that we hide deep down inside of us is just going to wash away because of the blood of Christ.
2: Yeah. So if, if you'll bear with me for one second, why do you guys just stay here. I, I want to, before we got, can you give me five minutes. It doesn't matter. It's my thing. You're going to give me five minutes anyway. Um, So, Pastor Ed, would you stand right there? I'm just going to illustrate. Uh, would you here? Would you hold that? So, you know, we're we're in the uh, the whole call to the wall thing was out of out of Nehemiah. It's in Nehemiah chapter 4, where he talks about, Nehemiah called men to go to the wall and fight for their families, fight for your marriage, fight for your children, like fight for, fight for you. And uh, if I could, I would have put some blood on that sword because, but nobody wanted to donate, so, because I know it's clean, it's nice looking, but you know, you got to think about this, they were in. They were in a time where the when they w- went to the wall. It says that every man had a sword in one hand because he had to he had to fight off the enemies Sanballat, to buy all the enemies of Israel, and he had to hold a sword in one hand, and then in the other hand, it says he held a trowel. Notice this trowel's used. I've used this trowel. It's it's an old work trial. It hadn't been used for a long time, but it's dirty because it's it's been used. And in that, with that trial, you see, with this hand they built, and with this hand they defended and fought off their enemies. You got it? All right. So, I I'm gonna try something here. I didn't. We didn't. I've never done this. I'm gonna take this from you because you fought a good fight, but it's, this is really heavy. Now, I want you to, I want you one hand, hold this straight out, and that this is all, you know, this is about uh, 10 pounds, this is probably a pound, it's it's not that heavy. This trowel, you know, is a, is a tool, it's, it's, what you put in your hand, I've laid thousands of brick and block with that trowel. I took that trowel to to Venezuela and did some mission work with it. And the trowel is uh, built, uh, worked and built on some houses and laid stone with it and and um, you know it's 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 built things, things that are useful, things that are practical, things that are needful. It's provided shelter. I also, its trials made me money. You know, I, I it, it was a skill I learned as a eighteen year old and went to work for a bricklayer and. I was a laborer and all I did was th- throw mud and stock scaffold and and it was hard it was where I learned the work cuz I worked for a maniac No I'm serious this guy was a complete he was crazy And from in the morning 7:30 in the morning to 4:30 in the afternoon with a 30 minute break for lunch i learned that you didn't stop and he was a screamer and he was a yeller and and i and then as i worked my way through i i learned how to work i didn't like him and what would have made it really bad is he was my brother in law i grew to despise him because he was a mean son of a gun and no matter how hard I worked, he just never it never said, Hey, a good job today. But he taught me that he taught me what work was. Taught me the satisfaction of that. He taught because of the work I learned went from laboring to learn how to no no no, you can't no 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 no. no. Is that tired? Oh, well, do you see what happened there? See that's that's only like a pound.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to say anything, but brother, that was only a pound. And you had to switch hands.
3: Yes.
2: But see, this is what this is what happens to us as men. You set out on a you set out on a on a mission to become a man of God. That's what every man, you didn't come here today because you just, you, you wanted to conform. You wanted to be a man of God. You wanted to break free of the world and break free of the media and break free of the pressures of the, something inside of you said, There's, I got something more for you. I got something bigger for you. I got something better for you. That's why you're here today. And you picked up the trowel and God started to work on you. And God went right first thing as he begins to deal with who we are. Not what we've done. What we've done is irrelevant to God. Listen to me. It's really irrelevant to God because he knows everything we've done is only tied to who we are. So if he can change who we are, the what we've done will take care of itself. That's why he says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old passes away and all things become new because when Jesus comes in, he puts something in your hand that you never had before and you'll be able to become something you never were before so you can do what you've never done before. But here's the problem with a lot of Christianity. All we think about is what you do. But if you don't fix the who, the do is irrelevant. Because it doesn't matter how much you do, if you don't if you don't come up to the who Jesus is, what you do will not save you. And so we get to work and we go to work and we go and God just begins to form us and begins to make us and He begins to go to work. Here's a man started out c t a driver in chicago it, it probably share him some of his story but so and 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 his road he did he wasn't born into the ministry wasn't born in to as a man of god he wasn't born as a as a leader god's had to take him as he's worked him through his life and But here he stands today with a trowel in his hand, and I I will say, and a sword in the other. Because you've had some battles to fight, haven't you? And see, when you go in the ministry too, those those of you who are pastoring, Take on a whole nother level of battle,, yes. because now you just don't have to you don't just get to fight your battles, you fight the battles of everyone God puts in your life and in assignment with you, sometimes it gets pretty hard, don't it, yes. Yes. Yes, it does. and sometimes you're fighting for others and the, and you're and you're hurting on the inside sometimes you're pouring your heart out to to somebody and they're they're standing cuz they don't understand and they're standing in judgment yeah see what we didn't rehearse I didn't even talk to these guys listen to me Moses was the greatest man in the old testament, I believe. He was a prophet. He had a he he had, he led almost two million people through a wilderness and two up to the promised land. Stood before the most powerful man on the earth and proclaimed the word of the Lord. And he but he couldn't go into the promised land, could he? He didn't go in. He was a weak. He was a weak man in many ways, just like you and I. See, you know, a lot of you feel like I could never do anything, man. But but Moses, my he was another guy. No, Moses was a man just like you. And when Moses fought or the people remember this story Moses was standing sitting up on the hill while the people were were fighting the amalekites you remember that and as long as as long as Moses was standing in that place on on the wall so to speak in intercession Israel triumphed but there came points where his I mean, you try this just hold your hand out here, see time yourself, see how long you can do this. i i, I, I you hold just a glass of water, see how long you can just hold that without dropping it. There's not one of us sitting here today that can do this alone. James 5.16 says this, you know, this is the famous verse, you know, Elijah was a man of like passions and, and, uh, well, I think the end of it says the right, the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many of you know that verse? You know, what's, you know, what's before that confess your faults, your weaknesses, your struggles to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. And our prayers will never be fervent and effectual till we learn how to be honest and real with each other. I am not a religious man. I don't play religious games. I tell you as a pastor... I struggle with the same things that you do. And the only thing that gets me through is that I have people that come alongside of me. Because I could not do this without somebody holding my arms up. And what makes you think you can do this without somebody holding you up? And you need to come out of hiding. We are really good at it. Now this picture right here is with the church. This is the church right here.